0: Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradigm. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builders Spotlight. And joining me today is a king, is Chaz Wolf, who is a serial entrepreneur, but we're also going to get into talking about his gathering of the kings. Um, Chaz describes himself as a builder, and I'm excited to kind of hear more about his life story Um, owns multiple franchises other businesses that are out there and then looking to really bring other serial entrepreneurs together through his endeavors Um, but just a man who understands kingdom building and so I'm excited to kind of get into that dig into that more and then also just hear let's hear more of the story because as we know um, there are always valleys on the journey And so as we unpack and hear more about that. So I'm excited for everyone to be here today. Chas, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Eric, I appreciate the opportunity to even be here. It is humbling uh, to have the opportunity to share. So thank you for allowing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So my first question is always the same. It's a Saturday afternoon. I've got the barbecue grill heated up. We've got hot dogs and burgers and whatever your... um, Preference is on the. Grill, I was gonna say, can, can we can we have a little sirloin on there? You know, yeah, we can put some sirloin. Absolutely, why not? Right, this good, is... good. So I've invited all my friends over to just hang out and listen in on our conversation. But before we kind of get things going, would you please introduce yourself to my friends?
1: Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity, Eric. Um, at, you did a great job, uh, serial entrepreneur, aka uh, a little bit crazy. Um, let's just be honest; we got to be crazy to be entrepreneurs. Um, and to take it to another level and try to do multiple, um, is like a certified crazy. It is, And yeah. so I'm okay with that. I've owned that for a long time. Um, I love it. I could talk business and business strategy and relationships, how that co- coincides with, uh, with my faith, of course, for hours, days, weeks, you put me in a room and I'd do it till I probably pass out. <laughs> um, so that's just me in general. Outside of that, obviously I have a family. I've been married for uh, almost 15 years. Um, I have a beautiful wife and uh, four kiddos, um, and my my youngest just was born a couple of weeks ago, uh, my baby girl, Romy Jo. So that's kind of us in a nutshell. Outside of that, like you said, um, I've got several businesses. I started in franchising. We've got uh, several franchises in, in a few states, and uh, outside of that, I've got several companies in real estate. We're in several different sectors of real estate, and then, of course, as you mentioned, Gathering the Kings is an incredible opportunity for entrepreneurs to gather in a mastermind setting uh, where we're looking to uh, go to the next level. And we've got a couple of different forms of how we do that. So very glad cool. to be here.
0: Very cool. So as a serial entrepreneur, you know, there's a lot of things that I think we get, we suffer from shiny light syndrome sometimes, but that's right. Um, what are you most passionate about today?
1: Well, I, so I, I got to speak on the shiny light or the, the you know, the the distraction, right? Um, because you're right. A lot of entrepreneurs are project-oriented. We're, we're, we're problem-solving creatures. And so uh, we're drawn to the different things happening. Um, and sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's not so good. Um, and so when it's not so good, what you're talking about, the shiny light, is when we don't have a clear focus. Um, we don't have a clear defined purpose or even identity, which is probably more along the lines of what uh, of what you're trying to get to, really, yeah. um, even with this show and some of the things that you're doing. But if, if I understand who I am, you said I'm a builder. It's on my website. If I understand who I am, yeah. I know then every day then the, the actions that I'm going to take because I know who I am. I, I'm, I'm, I've given permission to myself, or in this case, I feel like the Lord has given me permission yep. to operate in a certain way. And for me, it's a builder. And so that doesn't necessarily mean for me building one thing, I love building multiple things, but the shiny object syndrome comes when I'm trying to build too many things at once. Hmm. So there's this huge distinction in entrepreneurship where I get really excited, and then because it's hard, or because there's some like stick to itiveness or persistence that's necessary, I hit that wall, and then I just go, eh, let me go over here where I'm excited again. Yeah. And so we're constantly like drawn to what's exciting, which is which is cool, but. Um, it it actually probably more so speaks to your lack of stick-to-itiveness or your lack of persistence or your lack of perseverance. And so what I would say as a serial entrepreneur is that you can have lots of things going on. I'm living proof of it, but it it, it really is only made for like a very small sector of people, because like I said, you got to be kind of certified crazy. Um, It does take a lot of bandwidth. All that to say though, I didn't do it all at once. I built my franchises. We went from zero locations to seven locations in four years. Mm-hmm. I started a real estate company. I mm-hmm. started a second real estate company. I started a third real estate. You know, like it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't all at once. You know what I mean?
0: No, that makes total sense. I want to go back to something that you said, because this is probably the most important key is like, who, who am I? How do I know who I am? You seem like a guy who's really kind of pretty clear on who you are, but has it always been that way? I mean, how do you, what what's, was your journey to figuring out who you are?
1: Yeah, that is a loaded question. We could probably do a podcast on just that question, but the answer is this. No, I haven't always known. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that, yeah, I feel like I have a really good idea right now, but I'm very open to the Lord maturing that perspective even now. Yeah, And so uh, the, the detail of the question, um, to give you just a little snapshot, we can go as far as you want, but I didn't know my dad growing up. He didn't know I even existed. Wow. I thought somebody else was my dad. Mm. My, my literal name was given to me after the wrong guy. Wow. So I meet my dad, 24 years old. He doesn't know I, I'm a, you know, I was even existing. Uh, he, I'm just like him in a way of serial entrepreneurship, uh, the way our brains think. Um, we look alike, it's yeah. nuts. Okay. Yeah. I end up changing my name, like my, my full name. Um, <clears throat> my last name is Wolf. Obviously, kind of a cool, sweet last name. That's his name. Um, mm-hmm. I changed the future of my family trajectory forever simply by I mean, names are so important.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. And so the reality here is that um the identity of who we are can can be one thing, right? I, I didn't know my dad growing up, meaning grew up single mom family. There are certain things that are inside of me because of that external circumstance, right? There were things that were put on my shoulders that maybe shouldn't have been, but that's okay. I'm appreciative of those things because it's made me who I am. I got to be in certain circumstances as the son of a single mother that that gave me perspective and experience that most will never have to deal with, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, at the same time, I had a different understanding of who I was at that time because I didn't know necessarily my earthly father in this case, or my name. You don't necessarily have to have those things to have this full-blown identity. But for me and my story, when I, when I made those connections and I, I was given permission to be who I was, meaning this crazy serial entrepreneur, like go fast all the time, early, late. I'm just a hundred miles an hour all the time. And so when, when I had that permission, through the circumstance of meeting my dad, changing my name, having this incredible experience with the Lord. Yeah. Then I just, now it's like, I, I don't need to figure that out anymore. I know exactly who I am. I can just I can just run and it makes it really, really easy. And of course, that's going to change over the course of time. And you might have some questions. We can dig into some of that if you want to, but generally speaking, that's, that's where I'm at. And that's how I got
0: here. Well, so, I mean, this is redefining success, right? I mean, that's the, that's the definition. So I, 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 we are going to dig into this a little bit because I want to know a little bit more about the story. I want to understand this a little bit better because the guy who's got a different name, who's raised by a single mom, thinks success is one thing That's right. versus the guy who gets on the other side of this and realizes name matters and purpose matters. There's a different definition of success for that guy but i've also got to imagine that along the way there were bumps there were um people who spoke into your life hey maybe this trajectory isn't right for you could you maybe pull some yeah. of the highlights out of that because i think that would be really valuable for our audience especially because we never know who's listening but i mean somebody who's struggling with that same thing of like man i feel like i have an identity but i can't i can't find it so i mean what yeah. would, what was your journey to kind of what did that look like
1: i love i love what you've asked the overarching question of redefining success and whether, whether success, um, literally changes because our definition of it can change, right? Like it's the amount of money or it's happiness, or it's the connectiveness, uh, with our spirit and, and, and the Holy spirit, whatever, however we define that and, and multiple layers. Sometimes I think that that changes over the course of time anyway, as we mature, right. And as the Lord brings us into a closer and closer perspective of, of who we are as a son and who is, who we are as a daughter. Yeah um but for me specifically being a son of a single mom there were certain things that i had in view but that i've always viewed success probably pretty similarly it just a matter of the circumstances that i went through mm. that has given me the maturity that i have now so i'll give you some of those yeah i've always wanted to be um excellent mm-hmm. at whatever i've done i played basketball growing up um i was good in school um, that was that a, a work ethic was given to me by my mother, right? Like she worked two and three jobs always. And, and for me to have any sort of excuse to not be excellent, it was just not accepted. Mm. Right. It was mm. when you come home, homework was done and then you go play. Yeah. And when you come, when you go out and play, you only go far enough to where you hear the whistle. And then mm. within five minutes, you're back at the house. Like it was regimented. And I understood, I, I respected her. She, she, ran a, she ran a house and, and then that was it, right? Yep. And, and, I, and I looking back now that I have my own kids, I mean, holy geez, I have no <laughs> idea how she did it or how any other single parent even thinks about operating inside of that, that world. Um, so my hat goes off to her time and time again. But I'll tell you, <clears throat> I thought I wanted to be a youth minister. Is that right? Met my wife in high school okay. and I'm talking with her. I remember this conversation like it was yesterday. And she's like, you know, I'm about to graduate high school. She's a junior in high school. And she's like, you know, what are your plans? I'm, I'm going to go to Ozark Christian College. It's in Joplin, Missouri. And um, I'm going to become a youth minister. And so she's asking some more questions. We're getting to know each other still. And and she's like, you know, I, I haven't known you for very long, but that's interesting. You know, and she grew up a believer and I had yeah. been going to church when I was 12. It wasn't like I had, you know, been raised in the church necessarily, but kind of. Yeah. And um, And so in that moment, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know what she's saying. She's just questioning, like, are, are you sure? And, and it, which just seemed really odd to me because it's like, is this not like a, a vocation worth my right? time? Like, what, what, what's happening here? And so um, I ended up going to school to be a youth minister. And um, it was within a semester that circumstances changed at home where um, I felt that my presence and also me working and helping financially was of benefit. Mm. To my to my my mom and my sister and the family. Yep. And so I, I had this very coming to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I was playing uh, college basketball at the time at the at, at Ozark. So I I literally mid season told the coach I can't play anymore. I packed up my stuff from the dorm. I came back and I started working. And and looking back on that now, I know that discipleship is what I was after. That's why I wanted to become Ah, a youth minister because I love discipling and pouring in and mentoring and leading. Right. But, but to become a youth minister would have only, you know, for, for lack of better terms here, would have only used three of the 10 talents. Sure. And I want to use all of them, whether it was the one, five or 10, I don't know how many I have, but I want to use them all. I want to be found faithful. And so what I know now is that I have, I have certain talents or even superpowers around business and strategy and, and ideas and thinking. Mm -hmm. And and those things would have been completely maybe missed, or or not realized in my quote, unquote, success, not even talking monetarily, if I had just gone down the road of being a youth minister. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that was probably the first circumstance where I like things like dramatically shifted for me. The second piece would be, when I realized that, okay, now okay, I, I understand I want to be in business. I was kind of always entrepreneurial. You know, I mowed grass and shoveled stuff and had a landscaping thing as, as every 14 year old son or you know kid does. But when I, when I realized after working in insurance for a while, I was thinking, okay, I want to be maybe an insurance agent, um, I want to you know get into the sales stuff and thinking entrepreneurial. And, and as it started to flow a little bit, I started thinking about um, I started thinking about becoming a state farm agent. Hmm. And for me at that time, that seemed really awesome, but I was limited in so many different ways because when I worked for state farm before, uh, in the claim center, I was 20, 21, right around that time frame. I did not have a college education. Obviously I just told you I dropped out. And in order to move up in that scenario, there had to have been a college degree. Like Hmm. I was out before I was wearing a suit and tie as a 20 year old, I was wearing a suit and tie every every day to work. Everybody else was, you know, the polo and, and khakis. And, and so I stood out, everybody knew who I was. I was excellent. I was the best clean processor that there was. <laughs> I was producing the most every out. Like I was yeah. doing it and still they wouldn't give me a shot at, at a promotion because I didn't have the college degree. Mm. So I already started to lean towards this entrepreneur. Like how yeah. do I do my own thing? Right. And, uh, and so I had this moment in time where I told my boss's boss, at the claim center, that I wanted to go work for an agent that maybe I was going to become, I was going to sell insurance and then maybe become an agent one day. Sure. And, and he literally says to me, I think I was 20 at the time, he was 19, 20, something like that. And he's like, um, Well, that, you know, I, I appreciate your perspective, Chaz, but here you have a two week paycheck, you've got good benefits, like you don't know what you have here because you're so young. Right. But like, if you stick this out, like this is going to be a really good deal for you. Mm. And plus, nobody's going to buy life insurance from a 19, 20 year old. And I, I said, you know, I appreciate that perspective. I shook his hand. I really did respect him. Right, right. I walked out of his office and over to my direct report, which was under him. And I gave my two-week notice. <laughs> did you really? I 100% did. 100%. And I went to work for a State Farm agent. And so there was this, there's, I'm giving you two pieces here. Sure. The direction of, I didn't need a college education. And I wasn't going to have somebody else tell me what success looked like. Sure. Okay. That evolved then into, okay, I've got to be some sort of a salesman or entrepreneur. I'm going to become a State Farm agent. But what I quickly realized was that that meant my name was going to be on the sign, Chaz Wolf, State Farm Agent. Yeah. My name was different at the time, Chaz Guidry, State Farm Agent. And what I what I, I don't know how I could realize this, maybe just the power of the Holy Spirit, but I knew that if my name was on the sign, then that means I was going to have to be there. Yeah. And to me, that's not running a business. To me, that is owning my job. And that's okay. Entrepreneurship works like that, owning a job for many, many people across the country. For me, that is not what success had been Mm. conjured up in my brain. Yep. Success for me has always been freedom, always. And we can define freedom in a lot of different ways, just like we can define success in a lot of different ways. But for me, freedom meant I need to be able to work beyond the business, not in the business. Mm. And that's actually what has translated so many years later. Of course, I've done this in many businesses, but what Gathering the Kings is all about, it's about removing the one individual, right? At the six-figure level, guys are just bumbling all over themselves. They're wearing yeah. too many hats. They're, they're stressed. They're overwhelmed. They, got, they, they don't know how to hire. They, they don't have to give things away. They're a perfectionist. All these things that are just literally holding themselves back, they own their job. And even at the seven-figure-plus mark, it's like, okay, I still have to press into leveraging time and resources so that I this thing can continue, continue to grow without me. Yeah, right. So I just gave you a bunch, but let's see where we can go with that.
0: No, no, no. That's really, I love that. I mean, there's a couple of things. Tell me this. I, I really don't want to miss this. What? Who was speaking into your life about the name and the, the change, kind of as the connection with your dad and everything that you went into that? because maybe you stumbled onto it and maybe god gave you a came to you in the middle of the night with a bright light at the foot of your bed or something like that i don't find that typically be the case but if he did that'd be an incredible story too but who was speaking into your life at the moment that you started to realize name matters
1: yeah so um i'm going to answer your question in two parts because the lord did come to me in the middle of the night okay awesome believe it or not 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 about this exact thing and it wasn't a shiny light (laughs) <laughs> but I'll tell you, um, uh, so I, I wake up, uh it's it's the fall of 2010. Okay. And I wake up in the middle of the night, and um now I'm gonna draw a blank. Um oh no. Give me two seconds. Second Kings, uh, uh Second Samuel chapter three. Okay. Comes to my brain. It's four o'clock in the morning. I look at the clock, it's four o'clock in the morning, second Samuel chapter three. I'm I'm hope I'm quoting that right. And I'm like, this is my rule. I never dream and I never have experiences like this ever. Yep. And so when it happens, as much as I'm like in the fog, I, I stop. I try to write it down or type it out on my phone. I'll yep. try to pay attention to some degree. Just like, okay, Lord, I hear you. And so I literally in that moment, I hear it. I'm like, okay, I'll look that up tomorrow. And then, I, and then, the, then the other side of me is like, well, that's skirt. Look it up right now. Right. So- I read it and it's basically where uh, Samuel is, is underneath Eli in the moment. He's learning. The the Lord has not met Samuel yet Mm -hmm. and he's calling Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And he goes to Eli. Hey, I'm here. That happens three times, right? Right. He sends him back. Okay. And so all I know is I'm like, okay, Lord, like you're calling me. I don't know what for, but my antenna's up. I'm listening. Here I am just like Samuel in the scripture. Okay, fine. Well, a few months later is when basically I find out that this other guy is my dad. Okay. Just within 60 days, probably. And so we start really pressing into this whole thing, and I find him. We figure this whole thing out. We do a DNA test, the whole deal. Um, and so, <clears throat> so when it comes to the name change, that that moment, that experience that the Lord gave me, um, it, it it actually goes a little further than. So it was 4 a.m. Three times was in the scripture. So I told the Lord, two more nights. I want you to wake me up at 4 a.m. Really, really. And I'm, I'm I'm super logical, Eric. Yeah. Like yeah. Not the feely, like we're in <laughs> church and I got the emotions hot. Like, that's not me, bro. Right? It's not me, okay? Yeah. I, I am as, as robotic and logical as they come. And so I'm like, all right, Lauren, here we go. <laughs> Two more nights, 4 a.m. Same time, I'll see you here. And I'll tell you what, the next night, my, my St. Bernard at that time had never woken me up in the middle of the night. She's looking out the window going at somebody walking by, freaking 4 a.m. in the morning. 4 a.m. 4 a.m. The next morning, 4 a.m., three nights in a row, three mornings in a row. And so I'm like, okay, my antennas are up, Lord. I'm listening. And a few, a few months later, we, we find out about my dad. So through that process, I'm discussing yep. with a buddy of mine. Hey, so like this other guy over here was who I was told was my dad. He's starting to reach back out. I haven't heard from him in years. He popped in and out four or five you know, times in my life. Yeah, He would pop in. Uh, I remember like I'm in fourth, fifth grade. He would pop in and be like, Hey, uh, your mom said uh, you wanted that chief's coat for Christmas. I'm going to get it for you. And then I wouldn't see him for like six years. Got it. That that's the guy. Right. Yeah. So he pops back in um, shortly before this, this, this uh, experience that I just, this encounter that I just just described. So I have this one side of this one guy reaching out going, Hey, I want to hear from my son. But this, I've never called this guy dad in my life. Yeah. 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 I had this experience where I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm heightened. I'm listening. And then, so I have on the backside, a buddy of mine who I'm like, okay, here's what's going on. And then my grandmother. So these two people on the backside a buddy and my grandmother where I'm like, okay, I got this guy. I don't really, I'm not, he's not like my dad, but like, I want a blessing. He's been in and out of prison. I've really tried to be a blessing to him. And he just keeps repeatedly not showing up. So I had conjured up this plan between my buddy and my grandma, where I'm going to I'm going to go take this guy out to dinner. I'm going to buy him just the fattest steak I could find and just bless him and just tell him, look, the Lord is good. He's worthy of your, of your attention. Our relationship really doesn't exist, Right. <laughs> but, but I don't like hold anything against you. I was wanting to release him and probably release me. Yeah. And in the process of sharing that plan with my grandma, she goes, well, do you even think he's your dad? And obviously the whole thing unfolds. She remembers this other guy. You know, blah blah blah, and I piece all everything together, and I get a hold of the right guy, and boom, 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 the story happens from there. So my buddy who helped me conjure up this plan, after I meet my dad, we do the DNA test. It's like minds being blown. We meet each other. I look like him. I'm saying things like him. His wife is looking at me, going like, "That looks like the dude I married 26 years ago." Wow. This is nuts. You're yeah. saying things and doing things. My wife and his wife are looking at each other, going this is insane yeah. they they sit they sit the same way. they cross their legs the same way. they're saying phrases the same way. I've never seen this guy in my life. Wow. DNA is like superseding all life circumstance in the moment it's right. It's insane, okay yeah. And so we're going through this experience. I go up there and live with him for like three or four weeks. I take a bunch of time off and um and I come back I decide to change my name. I'm already married at this time. My wife changes her name again
0: really Wow and
1: a hundred percent she's my ride or die so we're going through this process of changing the name and my buddy's like hey dude we should do a baptism we should do a mikvah because you know in jewish culture you know they would either be you know whether become a priest or or you know when you're grafted into the family like you go through this mikvah process you change your name you you become you get you get a new name you're part of the tribe like yeah. let's do this. Let's do this. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so we, we literally go over to this like local Creek living water, moving water thing. And we go in and my wife and I kind of like baptize ourselves. We had brought in some, some things. I had a letter from the, from the wrong guy. We kind of tore up and let it float down the Creek and just some things that represented our old wow. man and let it go. And we came back out of the water. And this is all like a little bit of, you know, however you feel about what I'm describing. I don't, it, it doesn't matter to me. The Lord I'll tell you right now is into names and he's into identity and he's into calling people into who they're meant to be. And whether you've had the experience that I'm describing or not, the Lord knows who you are. The Lord knew who I've always been. And when I came out of the water that my buddy puts a little prayer shawl over me and my wife, and he starts praying over me as if he was my dad. He's like, I'm sorry. I wasn't there when you were a little boy. I'm sorry Mm, that I wasn't there mm, when you What a a gift. I'm sorry. I wasn't there at your wedding. And I'm, and as you can imagine, everybody's just bawling. Right. And we signed a contract, the new name, never to speak of the old man again, you know, the whole deal. Right. And it was just, it was just an incredible blessing, not only to have the friendship, but just to have someone just even navigate that. But yeah, names, names. When I do my podcast, I'm like, Hey, tell me how you say your name. Like, I want to make sure I get it right. Yeah. Because names mean something, man. Like it's Absolutely. it's it's who you are, it's who the Lord's designed you to be. And so out of that, the lane that I was kind of describing earlier of like maybe who I am, the builder. Um, we, we were talking about this off air just a little bit, but I'm a David, dude. Mm. And so mm. when you think of David, he was a builder, yeah, he was a pusher, a shover, he was constantly pushing back the enemy from all angles all the time. Yeah, and here's what happened is that he loved the Lord. But the Lord said, no, 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 you're not the one to build the, build the temple. That's right. that's right. Your role is to push back the enemy and to gather. Mm. And so that's literally what I'm doing. I'm pushing back the enemy. I'm gathering the Lebanon wood so that my children and my grandchildren can, can take whatever it is that I'm putting together and make something incredible out of it. Wow. I don't even know how big it's going
0: to be. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So let's talk a little bit about that, because that's powerful. I mean, so you said this earlier, right? What you were seeking when you were thinking about being a youth pastor was just the role of discipleship. Right. So I want to start a little bit in your business, and I want to take it to your family. But how do, you, what is, how do you passionately get to live out the discipleship today in your serial entrepreneur, lots of different businesses? I mean, how do you, yeah. how do you run the business, but also kind of get to do the discipleship and live that out today?
1: Yeah. So obviously it looks, it looks different at different levels. And so when I had, you know, one or two or three franchises and I'm, you know, literally in the day to day, every day that looks like, you know, living life with, with my team, you know, we're sitting there cutting fruit together and I'm asking them about where they're from and how, who they are and, and their family. And, and maybe, maybe they're believers, maybe they're not. And, and so maybe I'm, praying for them, uh, together. Maybe I'm not like, I've always been a fan of living in a certain way. It goes back to excellence because that's what Christ is. Literally the excellency of Christ is like Mm. the image. It's like the image. And so if I can just be excellent at everything, it doesn't mean I have to be perfect. It just means that I'm excellent, that I choose to be on time, that I choose to be the best. I choose all these things, right? What that should do, which it has done for many, many years is people kind of turn their head and go, huh, This guy's different. (laughs) Yeah. And then, so that leads to curiosity. It leads to how does he do all this? And, you know, how does he have grace to, to, to have all these things going on? I know he's got to be stressed. And then he walks out and deals with uh, an upset customer, but with poise and humility and calmness. Mm -hmm. Right. So the discipleship at that level was just being who I am, Mm. and of course, trying to raise up leaders, right? Because that's really what discipleship is, is it's taking someone from where they are to who they're meant to be. And inside of a business, what that looks like as as an entrepreneur is that I cannot do everything in the business. And that's most likely why if someone's listening right now, why they haven't scaled their business is because they either don't realize that other people can do it better, or for some odd reason, they have a big enough ego to where they think they can actually do it all. Mm. And I just remember Mm. those days. I wish I had let go of them sooner. Okay. The humility of knowing that if I can raise up other people, they not only will take the charge, but it's who they're designed to be. If I genuinely see them like the Lord sees them, then I'm going to press into all their skill sets, and I'm going to help them get better. And I'm going to help them grow, which then in turn helps the business. So it's actually like a, uh, like a discipleship that's helping me. I don't, that's not why I do it, but it, it you actually do get a benefit as an entrepreneur oh, yeah. to pour into your team. And so the fact that people don't just boggles my mind. Well, actually it doesn't because it's, it's a commitment. It's a commitment of time, effort, energy, and people are lazy. People don't want to do it. They don't want to press in. They don't want to make the extra phone call. They don't want to slow down and have the conversation and, and create right expectations. Like all of those things at this level to, to answer your question in a second way, I'm dealing with leaders, right? So I don't necessarily speak with every single one of my employees every single week but my leaders I meet with on a regular basis. We're talking about the things that matter, obviously in the business. And then I'm asking them things like, Hey, how's the family? How's it going?
0: Mm-hmm. How's the
1: marriage? We have a, we have a, we have a, one of my businesses with a couple different of my leaders, a couple different businesses, I guess, technically probably represents three businesses. We have a prayer meeting every Tuesday. I love it. We come together and we just pray for each other's families, marriages, we pray for the businesses. Like kind of just unique ways where we can pour into each other. It doesn't even have to be me just like discipling. It just has to be facilitating uh, an environment for growth, not only just leadership and business growth, but just them as an individual. What does that mean? How does the Lord see them? How am I speaking into them?
0: Mm. Mm. So you said you've got a newborn at home. How old are the other, how old is the oldest? What's the range on your kids?
1: Yeah, my my oldest is eight. My daughter, my second daughter is six and my son uh, is three and my, newest daughter is three weeks that's awesome yeah it's so- a full house my wife is a is an absolute um, superhero um, all four home births and I'll tell you what <clears throat> I, I mean the first one did it in for me but every single one since then um, puts her in a new mm. a new spotlight to me because it's just incredible and I'll tell you one little one little quick thing this doesn't this doesn't matter but it 100% matters yeah so Romy Joe, my, my latest daughter was born three weeks ago and we, we home birth. So we spent the one night together and the second night, my wife goes, Hey, so I prepared the guest room for you. I'm like, wait, what? She was like, yeah, I just, you know, it doesn't make sense for us both to be sleep deprived. I'm like, I really, I appreciate that. But you know, like, no, let, let's, let's, we, we can do this thing together. Like we're in it together. And, uh, she was like, no. We are in it together, but I, I need you sharp, ready for the businesses. I need you sharp and ready for, you know, when, when the kids are up in the morning before I'm up with the baby, like we, we just, we, you have a lane and I have a lane. Let me own my lane. You go own yours. And it was like one of the most shameful walks away that I've <laughs> ever had. Of like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving my wife with a newborn. She's going to be up all night, but I'll tell you what, I've slept like a baby. And which has prepared me uh, uh, to, to do things like this podcast and to run our businesses and right. to take care of the other three kids that are running around crazy uh, sometimes during the day and in the evening when she gets a break, like we just, it's just a complimentary, like we're on the same team. Yeah. And so for her to like, she's done things like that our entire marriage, but it was just another showcase of like, wow, I have, <laughs> I have somebody in the passenger seat that wants to go with me. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What does discipleship look like at home right now with a young crew like that?
1: Yeah, you know it's um, <clears throat> as you can imagine, it's a little all over the place, um, but but at the same time, very very routine. I, I told you about how I grew up, and so I would say all over the place from the angle of, you know, we've got different ages, different yeah. they're in different activities. My son, who's three, is you know be, he's finding out that he's a superhero and a ninja and and a king all in the same day. Um, and while he's the king, he's got the superhero cape on and, and jumping from couch to couch. He wants to ninja fight me. It's, it's incredible. Um, in, in all of the craziness, every single night, I put the kids down and have since they were born. Yep. Every single night we do dinner and then I, I usually wrestle with them or, or hang out or we play a game, dominoes or something. And then we have our nightly routine of putting them down. And in that nightly routine, which we've now created a book nook out of it, we got a little space, we got some, some artwork and got some Wolfpack pack uh, uh, book nook lights up that, you know, turn a sign on and, and cool stuff like that. But we sit down and we read the Jesus Storybook Bible, the kids' Jesus Storybook Bible. I'm yes. telling you right now, Eric, yep. for every adult, I'm not even talking about the kids, for every <laughs> adult listening right now. So I need to go have, look at my
0: kids' old, I need to go pull uh, it off the bookshelf.
1: i'm telling telling you right now i already told you i'm a robot man i don't cry okay i can think of maybe five times in my life where i've cried probably not even that many and probably two of them happened inside of the storybook kids bible like wow it is so simple and so straight to the heart of who the father is yeah um and so we do it every single night we're 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 reading we're praying we're we're doing the discipleship thing, you know, from a father to his children. We're talking about the day. We're talking about what we're thankful for. Uh, obviously, we're communicating. We're talking to the Lord every night, um, and we're reading this uh, this storybook Bible, which I probably, of the four of us, um, get the most
0: excited because <laughs> I, I I could t- bro. Um, I love it. I miss those ages, man. My youngest is 16. So I get it. Oldest is 22. So, you know, or 21. So it goes quick. That's my warning to every single parent. Yeah. But, so true. They, so tell me this. Um, just talk a little, let's, let's kind of finish up here on gathering the keys. Yeah. Uh, how long has that been going? What, where'd that vision come from and where, what's, what's it rooted and then kind of bring us into who you're looking for and kind of how would somebody know if they're a good fit to get in touch with you about that? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to do that. So gathering the Kings first off is an extension of business discipleship, right? It's it's literally my superpower and the opportunity to serve all mixed in one. I've, I've mentored somebody since I was probably 10. Okay. And I think that everybody along the way, whether you're 11 mentoring a 10 year old or a 16 year old mentoring a 12 year old, whether it's spiritual or at school or whatever, there is just something about pouring into other people. That's been close to my heart. But then I think it's actually in all of us. It's just a matter of whether we've whether we've paid attention to it. So for me, gathering the Kings is a business representation of that. It allows not only me, but the others in the mastermind roundtable group to be able to not only receive, because that's, that's initially what people are always looking for. They're looking to receive and get better. Right. That's why we go to church. We want to receive, and, you know, but I have learned that I usually get more when I pour out, mm. I usually am receiving or I'm the benefactor at a, at a higher rate when I'm pouring out or when I'm helping somebody else. And so the, the round table is set up in a peer-to-peer format where we've got a seven-figure plus group and then a six-figure group. The six-figure conversation is different. So practically inside of a business, at the six-figure level, you're, you're focused on the business basics. You got to have clarity. You got to have your definiteness of purpose. Why the heck am I doing this? What do I want? Then you got to master the business basics of marketing, sales, fulfillment, finance. Yep. Hit the repeat button. And when you do those things, fast enough, often enough. And when it's repeatable and you have a system and you've got a few people in place, then you can scale to seven figures. And seven figures really is what we use this language from warrior at the at the six-figure level to then king at the seven-figure plus. And it's not necessarily correlated just to revenue because it's not like someone doing a million in revenue is all of a sudden a king. Yep, It's more of a mindset where the warrior is selfish, right? Like, lifefully so. Like, they're in a battle. They have to focus on themselves. Otherwise, they're going to die. Yep. And that's how it is in business, early. Like, you have to focus on you. You have to focus on what it is that, that works for you in the business. What do you want? What works? And create this system yep. before you can really start pouring out. And so that's okay. You have to do that for a period of time, but once you start hitting a certain revenue mark, usually things happen. You start developing a little bit of a team, maybe even key roles inside of the team. You start thinking about, well, I'm I'm making some good money. What do I need to be doing here? Um, maybe there's my community. What am I doing with my family? I start buying my time back, making sure I got time with my kids. Yeah. There's this there's this whole other mentality, what we call kingship or the king mentality where it's like, okay, now I have the weight of the entire kingdom. It's not just the battle. That's right. Right. In fact, if you go back to even, again, using David as an example, there were, there were moments in time where David wanted to be in the battle, but his men were like, bro, you can't come to the battle. If you die, all of the enemies move in. Israel. right. 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 Yeah. So the value of the king, it, it, you outgrow the battle. And rightfully so again, because there's so many people counting on you, the weight of the crown, if you will, there's so many different angles. There's the economy of the kingdom. There's the, there's the farmers. There's the, there's the, there's the, uh, the army, the warriors there, there's the, there's the servants you know, all the language that you can think of. Yeah. It's everybody around you. So at some point in the business, it has, it, it, it flips to now I'm thinking about leveraging my time, leveraging my resources, leveraging key relationships, And those things at the seven figure plus level really allow you to not only just continue to grow the business, but to continue to mature into, you know, being the king that you're designed to be, which is impacting and influencing so many people around you. Obviously, it's your family. Obviously, it's your team, but it's the church. It's the community. It's the city. It's the whatever else that your business and your team and your family is touching, you know?
0: Absolutely. I love that.
1: So incredible stuff that we're doing um, as far as like how that people can get connected. They can just go to gatheringthekings.com. Um, we've got some cool resources there, testimonials. Um, we, we, we set it up in a format where it is pretty, pretty, um, it's gotta be like mindedness. If there isn't like mindedness, then it doesn't work. Um, we, we aren't looking for, for people who just want to, you know, Hey, I just want to grow my business. That's great. But, um, there's really gotta be a like mindedness because, um, we expect that person to show up and give, as I've already described, just as much as they're trying to take away, um, and if, and if that isn't, um, reciprocated, then, then, uh, then it, it, the mastermind uh, definition doesn't work.
0: Is there a regional nature to it or is it open nationwide? Yeah, we're, or? we're across the country. Um, uh, most of our, uh,
1: you know, almost everything is virtual. Um, there is a, there is an in-person component that happens a couple of times a year. Um, in fact, we just got back from one of those in June. Um, we went to South Florida. And um, I rented a beautiful suite right now, right on the ocean. And we mastermind for a couple of days there. And um, I took everybody to a premium dinner and we went uh, deep sea fishing, caught some incredible sharks. Um, uh, several guys in the group are, are having one mounted. We're having the same one mounted and on all of our walls is going to be
0: incredible. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Chaz, this has been fantastic. Is there anything you did not get to talk about today that you want to make sure you share before we kind of wrap things up?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any one particular thing. I would probably just leave the listener with this, is that you, you might hear my story and think, oh, well, yeah, he found his dad and I, and I don't know my dad. Or, um, yeah, he, he, he's, he can say all that because he's got lots of businesses and lots of money. There's, there's something that might rise up in you that, that tells you that there's a gap between where you are and where I am. And if I had to reverse engineer everything back, I could tell you this, it's just little decision, good decision, good decision, good. Like just create a repeated history of good decisions, choose to show up, choose to be excellent, choose to serve others. And if you do that long enough strategically inside of a business, specifically if you have a plan and you're actually like tracking things and you're like being a business owner and not just running around crazy. Um, then, then the business will flourish. Um, there, there are principles and 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 key factors that will almost guarantee that. Um, it it's the disciplined nature that I'm trying to communicate. Of I, I see you, I hear you, I know where you are. I was once there, but if you just step today, step tomorrow, good decision today, good decision tomorrow, um, and you'll and you'll be right where you want to be. Whatever. You know, however you define that. Can I add one little trail. thing to that? Please, yes. Because on
0: the days that you fail, give yourself grace to get up the next day and do it right the next day.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, because we're not perfect. The good decision right. repeated history doesn't mean that there aren't bad decisions in there. Yeah. Um, But you're right. It. You. You just have to do it again. That's absolutely yeah.
0: <laughs> yesterday <laughs> is yesterday. It's quit. gone. What are we doing today? I love it. Hundred percent. Yep. Love it. Um, Chaz Wolf dot com. If you want to kind of look at everything that he's got going on, you got to go check out his website. I mean, there's so much there to inspire you. I think there's a link to Gathering the Kings on yep. your website, Chaz. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yep.
0: So last question before we wrap things up. In three generations, which you probably won't know this generation, let's make sure we're real clear. In three generations, what do you hope your great-grandchildren remember about Chaz Wolf?
1: such a big question um honestly this is the type of question that wakes me up in the morning Hmm. legacy and what my children my grandchildren in this case my great-grandchildren um i i hope that they remember me like we or you know the generations below david remember david and and i could break that down into major maybe you know two major things number one that I loved well, loved the Lord. That I was excellent in response to the, you know, wanting to be faithful. Um, that I loved others, mm. and 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 I was excellent about it. Mm. And then that I I literally did everything that I was called to. Mm. Uh, that I pressed in. I changed the trajectory of our family. Mm. Uh, when people look back and think about Grandpa Grandpa Chaz or Grandpa Wolf, um, they're gonna see a a a distinction or, a, 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 a U-turn, uh, a, a, an immediate over here in, in the, uh, in the lineage. Um, because even though, even though I am a much like my dad and, and there's a lot of DNA pumping through us, that's very similar. Uh, even, even with that, there is, there is such a difference, mm-hmm. um, and in, in a good way. Right. And so I just, I know that they'll look back and know that Something
0: happened Mm.
1: in these years that the Lord was like,
0: boom. There you go. I love it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Chaz, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story with our audience. It's been fantastic. I'm sure we could even do it again and and dig even further, but this has been great. Thank you so much.
1: I appreciate the opportunity to be here, Eric. uh, Blessings to you and everything that you've got. Um, Love what you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. All right, everyone. I will be back again with you next time. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Have an incredible day. Eric L. Dunivett here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success, or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunovit.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media and we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit wwwericl 360 Dot com, and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.